Welcome back. It is the Motown Rundown. This is your home for all things Detroit sports. It is February 11th, which according to my computer tells me that it is a Thursday. And what a beautiful Three days till Valentine's Day, Rabs. Really? I don't know how I feel about your favorite holiday. Your favorite holiday. Well, it would be my favorite if I had reason to celebrate. But for the for the past handful of years of my life, it's just been more so about I'll like roll out of bed at like noon and I'll like look next to me on my on my little dresser. My mom will leave like a little four piece box of chocolates there for me and it'll it'll get eaten before I leave my room. <laughs> and then that's about it. Like that's the extent of Valentine's Day for me. You know, maybe okay, you might throw a couple, maybe a couple, maybe a couple thirst traps out there on Snapchat during the day, just to see, just to throw some, just to throw That's a couple water. lines in the water. Listen, they wraps in a sleeveless like hoodie at the gym, <laughs> just doing curls. Yes. Yeah. Every year at Valentine's Day, I feel like we get on this show and we just all like pity ourselves. Yeah. I, I, this is this is the third year we've done. I don't pity myself. I don't want to spend any money on anybody. It's great. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But I feel like every uh, whatever I, I, we don't have to spend time on it because then I'm contradicting the point I'm making. But I was gonna ask you guys this. This is why I brought it up. What was your favorite Valentine Valentine's Day candy? Because there's oh. a difference between Halloween candy and Valentine's Day candy. Yeah. Damn. Skittles. I'll tell you what, well, you, know, you like Skittles? Skittles, Skittles, are, Skittles go both ways. I would say, yeah. you know what I love, Collins? I love just the box of hearts. I don't know what they're made out of. Those like are good, chalk. dude. They're really like, yeah, chalk. They're good. There's, there's different, <laughs> there's, there's like two different brands. And if you get the wrong one, it's kind of. It's like it's chalk and sugar. Go. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a tough go, but those are, those are generally good. I also like, I, you know, growing up, like I wasn't really allowed to drink pop all that much. So I, so anytime I would see like the fun dip come along and I just saw like the little bag of sugar, I was like, God, you know, that's, a, that's a lot to put into your system, man. Like when you think about that, the fun dips and, you know, granted you go into any elementary school and they're doing a Valentine's day party and you just got kids pasted with fun dip powder all over their face. Like it's gross, but every now and then, like if your mom's not looking and you happen to get a fun dip in your box, you pull it out and you're like, God, this is this is good stuff. It's not a long term. You can't really be eating that stuff long term, but in the short term, it's few things can beat it. The pixie stick. Yeah. Oh, I, I think the fun dip is probably my favorite Valentine's Day candy, and the Nerds Valentine's Day. Nerds are like my favorite candy though, just in general. But the Valentine's Day one is a hype with the little nerd as like Cupid on on the logo but uh, valentine's day in elementary school what a day that was a great day oh elite best, it was the like one party. of the yeah best party but i think i think the parties the parties in elementary school in general were just rock solid but valentine's day especially it's like everyone's getting love you decorate your box that takes up like a whole day of school as it is it's great and you have dude. the party you walk home you're just crippled after the after the feast on Valentine's Day, because all yeah, you're, you're literally trying is to like, ride your bike home, and you're like, stu- like you might not yeah, make you're, it you're home. You're falling asleep. Yeah, you're like falling asleep because you're coming down from a sugar high. I mean, all you've had, all you've had to eat are like seventeen boxes of candy and like six Kool Aid jammers and a couple Capri Suns. Like no one's mixing in anything besides cookies and and all that stuff. So what a day, Valentine! What day is this? What day is Valentine's Day? Saturday? On Sunday. 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 When I said Skittles, that was just knee jerk. That was stupid. It's because the package yeah, that was lazy. That's Trent. just not. Well, it's good, but it's not like you know. Fun dip. You're right. Fun dip's the goat. 
A pixie stick is like a shot for kids. I love pixie sticks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like when you, dude, like let's rip a pixie stick. You do it. You literally, it's it's literally like shots for a little kid. I can't believe they still yeah. make pixie sticks. I can't like that is like one thing I'll never. They're just like okay, these kids are just sugar. ripping shit. Yeah, they're just we're ripping just gonna, it. We're just gonna put sugar <laughs> in a little, with a little straw, and kids are gonna just shove it down their throat. I'm also a Smarties guy too. Yeah, like Smarties are good. Smarties are very good. That can go. That can be a Halloween thing too. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Valentine's Day, it is what it is. Good for you, good for you people. Like good for you, non-single people out there. Like have fun with. Is it have though? Fun I feel with like that they don't bill. enjoy it. Have yeah. fun. Have fun get, trying to get a reservation at Carabas. You're trying to make a, a late night, like 8 p.m. push. They got great bread. No free ads, but Carabas has great. You're bread. a Carabas guy. That's well, like the I, first like chain like restaurant you bring out. Carabas. I was just I don't know I just it popped in my brain. I'm not I've a never big been any, to like, chain restaurant guy. The bread's the bread's solid. It's it's classier than like Olive Garden. Like Olive Garden is just like a. How would I describe Olive? Is it Garden? is Carabas like a macaroni grill? How about that? Yeah. Yes. It's like yeah. It's like a fake. It's a fake like not Olive Garden. Like yeah. you're still. It's the same. Yeah. Same kind of deal, but um, Carabas yeah. used to be on every like Detroit Tigers commercial. Do you remember that? Like back in the day, it's like go to Carabas like during a Fox Sports Detroit yeah. broadcast, yeah. and I'm like, where are these Carabas popping up? I haven't seen one in my life, but yeah. You guys remember on I don't know what Valentine's Day episode it was. It might have been last year, or two years ago, and we did the Detroit sports Valentine's Day cards. Yes, I do. Kind of cringy when you think back, but I think it was funny in the moment. It we was have to pull, the, pull the tape. I remember you started. I one remember with, doing that. No, Rab started one with "Hey, baby," and Collins initially. Yeah. Collins just ripped his headphones off and was like done with the whole segment. Yeah, Collins couldn't listen to it. He was <laughs> he was too uh, he was too afraid to embrace his his feminine side and just listen to my soothing tones. I forget I was, what I, I was too- by the vocals of Marvin Gaye. You're right, though. We're going to have to pull the tape on that because there were some exceptional one-liners, yeah. I would say. Whatever. All right. Well, I'm sick, of, always. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick and tired of talking about Valentine's Day, so let's just move on to the sport, shall we? Yeah. Um, all right. So first order of business, we have some, I guess you could say it's exciting news in the city of Detroit. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, might have heard of him. Uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So this is class of 2021, correct? Correct. Pretty strong class, right? Like, I think John Lynch got inducted. Who else got inducted in it? Charles I say, Woodson. I say, yeah, I say strong class. I have no idea. I can't even remember who was inducted. Charles Woodson. Peyton Manning. That's right. Peyton Manning. Yeah, strong class. I love seeing the videos of guys getting the uh, getting the knock on the door. Like, that's that's good stuff. It just goes Dude, that show, big guy obviously. is awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baker, Mr. Baker, whatever his name he is. He is awesome. Dude, he's like – he's a he's a very intimidating-looking human being. Like, there's not another human being that looks like him on the planet, by the way. No. <laughs> he's a 320, dude. He's a three – sits eight, like, 320, like, kind of jacked. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but either way, Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I, and now this kind of brought up this kind of brought up some stuff about, you know, his relationship with the Lions. Um, and apparently that Sheila Ford Hamp has, has been in contact with Calvin and is trying to get him 
back to be a part of the organization of just being, you know, whatever, whatever they drag Barry Sanders out to do, I'm sure they'd like to do with Calvin when they throw, when they stick Barry in the booth and he's like five inches shorter than everyone else. And he has like six words to say the entire time because he's such a soft spoken guy, but um, good for Calvin. I mean, people, people that didn't, I mean, we obviously were in like a pretty, a pretty nice pocket of our childhood to watch Calvin Johnson play as we were growing up. And he's obviously one of those stories that, you know, what could have been if he played a couple, couple more years. Um, but either way, I mean, Calvin Johnson, like in his prime was easily like the best. And I'm not just saying this as a Homer, the best like physically gifted wide receiver I have ever watched. Like I would say the the guy that comes closest in my mind to just his skill set is skill set is probably like Julio Jones. You guys might think that I'm off on that, but I mean, I thought, I think Calvin's just, you know, for being as big as he was and having the speed that he did, you can throw him any ball and, and he's coming down with it. Um, obviously his, his numbers speak for themselves, which is why he's in the hall of fame because he sure as hell didn't win anything with the lions. It's not like anyone else has. So good for Calvin. I just remember, I mean, like, obviously certain games stick out in your head. 2015 Thanksgiving Day against the Eagles. Malcolm Jenkins in particular, three touchdowns. Like, that was just incredible. Big Sean did the halftime show. That was an electric year. That was the year we started 0-5. But then, like, they kind of got it rolling after they fired uh, Lombardi, uh, OC, you know, and that was Jim Bob Cooter's coming out party. But Calvin, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer is pretty unreal because he only played, what, eight seasons, nine seasons? So that, that, that's, that is like unheard of. And like, so I'm just glad that people were able to still adjust their view and recognize the fact that while he didn't play that long and like his stats in terms of the all-time ranks aren't, you know, as great as some of these other guys like Reggie Wayne who played forever. He still is obviously a first ballot hall of famer and a first ballot talent. So you just, and and the lions are going to figure it out with him. He's going to be back around the organization probably in the next two years, but all the negativity, and I know, Collins, you'll probably disagree with me on this. I just want everyone to stop talking. Like, everyone who makes these jokes, we get it. We get it. They blew his career. Cool. Stop talking about it. It's like all you saw on Twitter all week. Oh, the Lions just blew the student's career. The Lions, you know, just like Barry Sanders and Matthew Stafford, and it's just like, shut up. I don't know. I, I, those people to me are just losers. Eat my shorts, as Rabs would say. But congrats to Collins. Congrats to, or not Collins, Calvin. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I, yeah. No, thank you. Collins, I you haven't done anything, Collins. <laughs> congrats to Calvin, first spell Hall of Famer. Well, I, yeah, I, and you're right, TB, for them to realize like he was like the best receiver in the league, like his second year in the league, basically. Yep. And then he, like, he honestly was until he retired. In, in terms of like just not, I know he's healthy, but for one catch, I think like 90% of football fans would have told you like Calvin Johnson. And then his last two years, he wasn't phys- – I mean, he was just banged up as, for those last couple of years, and he wasn't physically the guy he was before. But like from his second year to his seventh year is as good of a prime as any wide receiver is going to ever have. So for them to recognize that is – I mean, he was good as a rookie on that 0-16 team too. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was a beast, so – and all the Cal- – my favorite thing about the Kelvin is, like, the combine story where he doesn't have the right shoes. He still runs, like, a 4-3. He was just a physical specimen. The fact that he went to Georgia Tech and, and like, just the most random place to go ever for – and then Demarius Thomas also went there. That always weirds me out. But, yeah, Kelvin was sick. And I had a sex sweatshirt as a kid. Sorry, I didn't mean what? 
I bought a Georgia Tech sweatshirt as a kid because of Calvin Johnson. They have a nice logo. I like the I like the yellow jackets logo, but I, I don't know. I mean, Kelvin's like bittersweet because like he, I mean, it, you might hate it, Trent, but it's like true. It's like they wasted. Oh, it, is, it is true. Wasted Stafford saying, and Kelvin. Oh, it's it is true. But what I'm saying is, it's just the it's it is the epitome of beating a dead horse. Like it it is just yeah. I don't the disagree. Most overused take in the Detroit sports market. And a top ten overuse take in like worldwide sports market. I'm serious. Like I don't know about that. Oh, the Lions wasted Barry Sanders and Kelvin, and like it just gets so. Well, but like I think it's different because I think there was like real optimism when they got Sue too. Like after they got Sue, you were like, okay, I actually think this team like is gonna be able to win, like some sort of thing, and they just never really did. And then went to the playoffs a couple times, but I don't know. Just it. I mean, good for Kelvin. It sounds like I mean, unless the Lions they pay him his money, I don't think he's ever coming back. Like he might be on like better terms with the organization, but I don't think he'll ever like come back unless they give him the money he thinks he deserves. And I don't know what the whole situation is, but like I, I but I feel like you probably should pay a Hall of Famer and a guy who like broke a million fingers, had a million concussions just because he was going over the middle, wearing the Honolulu blue and silver. I feel like you should give him like that extra million dollars that you got laying in, in like your dresser. Like, I think, I, I feel like you should do that lions. I think they will eventually. So I don't know. Good for Calvin. Okay. Rabs on well, you. What, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I was waiting for you guys to finish up. I mean, I don't, um, I, don't, I mean, there's not a lot to say. It's just like, congrats. It's not going to be like, I don't have some scorching take to say, you know what? Yeah, he shouldn't be in the hole. Yeah. yeah. Get this guy out. He doesn't do should have played it. 15 years, not care about his well being. Isn't he uh, opening up some, some, uh, some shops in, uh, locally? Isn't that, uh, I, I don't know how yes. graphic I can get into detail, but you, uh, can get into, you can get into detail. I believe he's what, is he opening weed shops. Is that what he's doing? Yes. Oh, there you go. Colin just broke it wide open. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, what, it's illegal. Giving back, giving back, giving back to the community. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, he sees the dollar signs. Why not? It is legal. You're not wrong about that. All right. Well, so congrats to Calvin. Um, I guess that's, that's probably it for Lions how about stuff this? today. With Kelvin, what? favorite Kelvin moment though. Just say thing because I feel like we haven't really talked about Kelvin that much on this podcast. Is he was retired before we started this, obviously. Right. Um gosh, my favorite Kelvin moment. Okay, actually, this is this is gonna be lame because we lost this game. This was the Hail Mary game against Aaron Rodgers. But his his touchdown in the on the side of the end zone, the the, the right sideline. Yeah, where he literally, by Stafford. like he had a ton of those catches in his career, obviously with that one in the end zone, literally just like going up, getting it, and then like holding it with one hand over the dude's head as he fell out of bounds. I don't know. That was awesome. Also, the deep ball against the Giants week one, 2014, he caught it in the end zone. Then he's on his knees. He's just shaking his head. That was pretty awesome right there. I love that. I liked, uh, I love the catch in the snow. Yes. With this, when he when he hits the ground and the snow's in his face mask, and then I loved. I mean, I don't obviously not a favorite Calvin moment, but I'll just always. I mean, the the com, the complete the process, which rule was just made up on the spot at Soldier Field. The refs just decided to implement a brand new rule, the which became known as the Calvin Johnson rule. So that's hey, what I'll uh, remember stayed, from Calvin Johnson. At least they've stayed true to it since then. 
There's so many catches yeah, great. Thanks, guys. on some bullshit because they didn't complete the process. I think my yeah, favorite like thanks, Calvin man. thing about Calvin, and I remember that Cowboys game, I think, where he had like 320 receiving yards that game. Yeah. Just like he, he wasn't just like a possession, like deep ball, like throw up and grab a guy. He could take a slant 80 yards. That's yeah. to say, and, and like absolutely murder a linebacker in the process because he was just such a physical freak. So that and probably the Bengals game. That was a set catch over three guys. Yeah. Good throw by Stafford, too. That's probably his most famous, I would say. No, I think the Dallas one is probably his most famous over three guys. Because I think that was like the first time the Lions were like on national TV that year. And they were like five and two. And everyone's like, oh, this team's in the playoffs. Cool. Calvin can't be covered by two guys. This is sick. Ah. Damn, I, that made me sad. I don't know why he suggested us doing that. Well, Ugh. you know, it, it was that was that was nice. I wish Memories. I had more time to think though, because I would say, yeah, Thanksgiving against the Eagles was also just awesome. Like yeah, he only he had owned. 93 yards, but three touchdowns. Like just I was at that you, game. You get to the red zone, you literally just throw it in his vicinity. I don't know. All right, shall we move on to the Red Wings now, folks? Red wins. Red Wings. Oh, the Red Wings. Uh, so as we sit here today, I feel like we haven't talked about the Red Wings in quite some time. And I will try to gather my thoughts here as, as we approach uh, talking about this team. So as of today, the Wings sit at 3-9-2. and two. Um, They do play, as we were recording this on, what is it today, Thursday. Um, they do play Nashville tonight at 8 p.m. in Nashville. Must be nice. Well, it's, you know, that's the thing is they can't uh, – I don't think they can leave their hotel. So uh, I guess the, the allure of Nashville kind of, it must not not be nice to be able to rip down Broadway and tear it up. Um, So they'll play two games against the predators in Nashville before coming back home against the, uh, against the Blackhawks. So they're three, nine and two right now. If we were to have this conversation about the Red Wings last week, I think the tone would have been a bit different. Um, so if you go all the way back, they dropped two games to the stars Thursday's game against the stars where they lost seven to three. It was that game to where I was kind of questioning like, okay, so how much better is this team actually? And, And a lot of it to me at that point in the season was just coming down to like effort and, and compete level. And, and if there's one thing from a young team and a rebuilding team that you just want to see, it's that they they are at least keeping themselves in games. Now, after that Dallas game, I would probably have come on here and gone scorched earth about how this this team just simply does not look like they are ready to play in, in any of their games. You just Mantha games. just lollygagging in the D zone. Oh, and we'll, and we'll get to Mantha, but you, you have two horrible, horrible games against the Blackhawks. I think we talked about that. You actually take the Stars to Mantha overtime. Mantha had money had on to... the Blackhawks that Sunday afternoon game. I You won't convince me otherwise. Uh, it was the was worst horrible. game I've yeah, ever seen a been... hockey player play. I don't necessarily He literally threw like a but... pizza bat door, and then he like didn't come like – bat check at all you like didn't lift the guy's stitch. that's his Shout game bro that's his game but you play the stars who when you were playing the stars i believe they were down i mean they were down jamie ben they were down tyler sagan they were down a million guys and if you look at that lineup i mean the dallas stars are coming off a stanley cup appearance so when you when you find yourself in the stanley cup final obviously you have the depth to get you there so i'm not going to slight the stars and say they didn't have anyone playing on the ice because their lineup Looked better than ours did. I say ours like I play for the wings. 
looked better than the Red Wings lineup, and they played a lot harder too. So you lose two there. You play Florida, who you played a two really tight games. I mean, you lose the first one in overtime, which was a, which was a killer. Um, then you come back the next day and you lose three to two again. Then you see the Lightning, and the Lightning look like they have not lost a step since last season. They don't even have Nikita Kucherov this year. He's out due to injury. You lose 5-1, you lose 3-1. And then now we get to these last two games against Florida. And Florida coming into this little series here had not lost a single game in regulation. And I say that with an asterisk because they have played less games than most other teams because they had some COVID issues at the beginning of the season, but you win the first one, four to one. I thought the wings looked really solid in that one. They seem to have an answer for everything that Florida did. Um, and Florida is one of those teams whose roster looks completely different than it did last year. They have some players. I think they're still trying to kind of find their identity as to what kind of team they're going to be. If they're going to be a playoff contender, are they for real? What not? Their goaltending has been pretty damn solid um, through their first 10 games or so. Um, and then you drop a tough one on Tuesday, two to one. Um, so all, all things considered, I guess I would attack it like this. The Red Wings right now, if, if you look back to last year, which was a monumentally terrible, terrible season for the Red Wings, they're really not far off from, from how bad they were last year. And, and, I, and I do have to say this with the caveat of the fact that they had been bit by the COVID bug. They, hadn't, they didn't have Robbie Fabry for what it seemed like a month. They didn't have Zadina. I think Helm was out with it. Um, John Merrill was out. Uh, so they, they had a bunch of problems with that. Jonathan Bernay has been hurt for the last couple of weeks. So given, given the composition of this team with a lot of the guys that I named, I mean, Fabry and Zadina, like those are two guys that put the puck in the net for you. And Robbie Fabry really hasn't found himself back to, I, I guess, the way that he was playing before he was out due to COVID. Um, I mean, I think he only has, two goals so far in this and zero assists in the, in the six games that he's played. Um, so you hope to kind of get that going again, where, where you also have to look to um, is the use of this taxi squad. Now I think Giovanni Smith has come in and while he hasn't been lighting up the score sheet, which you really don't need him to do in the role that he plays. I think he has been excellent uh, as, as far as just being, he had a Gordie Howe hat trick the other day, um, but just being a physical presence and, and what I've liked that, that Jeff Blashill has done and, you know, the flip side to what I'm about to say is that I really can't stand how often he puts these lines in a blunder and doesn't let guys get any continuity going with each other. And I get that you've had, you know, you've had injuries, you've had COVID problems, but Giovanni Smith playing on that first line with Dylan Larkin uh, and even mixing in between the second line too, if he's playing with like a Bobby Ryan uh, and a Philip Zadina on some nights, I thought he's been spectacular. I, I mean, there's a there's an element to to any great forward line of having the guy that's not afraid to be the first man in on the puck. He can get you the puck and win battles and, and, and move it to a guy like Larkin who can make plays and put the puck in the back of the net. So I thought Giovanni Smith has been excellent in, in that role, and he's elevated his game a bit when it comes to production. Uh, he scored his first goal of the year a couple games ago. Um, so that's been awesome. Um, I also think that, you know, it, it, as much as he hasn't been on the score sheet, Matthias Brome is honest to God, one of my favorite players to watch just because he's similarly oh, to, uh, too, the Smith is just, he's, he's, he's got, he's so skilled. He's so good on his skates and he's got really great hands. And I think he has a pretty solid vision for the ice. It's just, he can't seem to find the back of the net. I don't think he scored. I don't think he's, he's potted his first uh, NHL goal yet, but 
Um, another guy like Giovanni Smith, who will go and who go to the corner, get to the tough areas. He'll dig you the puck, and he'll find a way to 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 move around and, and make plays and 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 get into space. So that's that's been wonderful too. Um, but as as far as the rest of the taxi squad is concerned, you know, I'm a bit disheartened that you haven't seen. Dennis Chalowski, you haven't seen Gustav Lindstrom. I am assuming that those guys, I don't know if those guys are still on the taxi squad or if they're going to be playing in Grand Rapids, but um, a lot of people seem to get worked up about this whole taxi squad thing because you'll see like every single day, like, oh, Giovanni Smith has been, been assigned to the taxi squad. Taro Hirose has been assigned to the taxi squad. So all, a lot of these things are just paper transactions. Like it's just it's just a way to make things work is so you don't have to pull guys up from Grand Rapids and whatnot. I just think it, it, at this point, you know, I, I don't know where Michael Rasmussen has been. I think that he's now being sent down to play in Grand Rapids full time. And the problem that you're having with this team is that you have guys like Franz Nielsen and Valtteri Filpula, and you have Sam Gagne and Luke Glendening and Darren Helm and all these guys who are just, you know, older guys who give you little to no production. And it's frustrating because as a, as a Wings fan, I'm like, let Taro Hirose play. Let, let Michael Rasmussen play. I think Taro Hirose He's not a goal scorer, but he, he, he is a tremendous playmaker and has tremendous ability to create for other players. And I think he's been terrific on the power play. I don't know where he's been the last, the last handful of games. And I, I get there's the, there's the element of you don't want to play guys if they're not ready to compete at this level. But like Taro Hirose has been in and out the last couple of years. I know he didn't play much last year. But he's, he has the ability to create at this level. I wish that you would see him more. It's just frustrating that I have to watch Franz Nielsen play every night. It really is. Like You hate two Franz assist, Nielsen. Two assists in 12 games. Like, dude, you're making damn near $6 million. Like, Must give be the nice. guy an H-bomb. Start H-bombing these guys. They don't need to play. Luke Glendening, to his credit, and I've heard Jeff Glashill talk. He talks about Luke Glendening maybe higher than, than any other player that I've heard him speak about just as far as his work ethic goes. Literally one of the best face-off men in the league right now, which is a luxury to have because, you know, winning face-offs can, can change games for you. Um, so I guess that's, you know, that's where my head's at as far as what the roster looks like up front. Um, defensively, again, I'd like to see Lindstrom and, and Chalowski get some time. I think the defense has been okay. I mean, you don't necessarily have guys that are going to light up the score sheet on defense. I think Troy Stetcher, although he's had an under a very underwhelming three assists in, in 14 games, um, I, I think offensively he's he's been probably your most productive guy as far as as far as moving the puck up ice and and creating rushes. I knew uh, Philip Ronick is kind of come onto the scene after a bit of a slow start with six assists and in 14 games. But the here, here's the problems that you're just going to see with this wings team. I mean, I, I don't know where the offense is supposed to come from. And, and I've said this all along. I mean, they're, they're averaging less than two goals a game, which is on pace to be worse than last year. And the only team that is worse than the red wings, which they were fighting for that, that I guess the very infamous like worst team in the league spot last year, or the Ottawa Senators, like they're minus 19 and the Senators are like a minus 26 or something. So, I mean, not, not being able to score, you look at all these games that the Red Wings play, it's like one goal, one goal, two goals, two goals. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it drives you crazy. Uh, they, they just, they continue to struggle to, to maintain any kind of offensive, offensive pressure. I, I think that they're, 
uh, I, I'll get to the Anthony Mantha thing, but I don't think their forecheck is necessarily the most effective thing in the world. It seems like teams can get the puck out pretty damn easily against the forecheck, and you don't see a lot of sustained offensive pressure as far as being able to cycle the puck and create plays in the offensive zone. Like, if you're not – it seems like if the Wings aren't scoring goals off of a rush, like, I don't know where they're – supposed to come from the power play is abysmal I don't know if that'll I don't know how much that can improve this year I just don't think you have the firepower for it um and other than that I mean I guess the only other the only other highlight of this Red Wings team is just like look this this Anthony Manta thing man and, and Jeff Blackshill actually he was a healthy scratch Anthony Manta I don't remember what game it was um, I, he was only healthy scratch for the one game. Um, and, and I'm, God, I'm trying, was it Florida? It might've been the first Florida series, but I remember in, in the broadcast, like Jeff Keating and, and, and Larry Murphy or Ozzy were like, well, we'll have an update for you on, on Anthony Manta after the game. So I'm thinking like, does he have COVID? Like did a family member pass away? Is he hurt? Like, what's the deal? And then you come to find out that he was healthy scratch. And I love it, dude. I I, I love it. And, and Jeff Blashill and Anthony Manta, I don't want to say they don't see eye to eye, but the bottom line is the way that Steve Eiserman is trying to, to construct this team and the way that these teams that you see make it far in the playoffs are constructed. It's, it, it's the difference between a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs that are all state or all sizzle no steak and teams like Dallas and Tampa who can beat your ass on both ends of the ice like they can play competently and they're tough in all three zones that's what Steve Eiserman's trying to build here and you get a guy like Anthony Manta who granted yes if you were to look at his stats after after a somewhat slow start seven points in 13 games four of those being goals that's what he gets paid to do he's a goal scorer he's got a wicked shot He's a big body, and I appreciate that about Anthony Mantha. But he's going to make $4.5 million here over the next four years. And like you said, Collins, and I know like you're like it's not like you watch every single game the Red Wings play, like nor can I, but it's it's very noticeable to people that clue in and know the game at a, at a somewhat respectable level that he just does not have that intensity that you need out of a guy that's six foot four, six foot five, and is supposed to be a top six forward for you that can beat you up on both ends of the ice. He just doesn't have it. He's lazy. He's lethargic. And you see flashes where he can turn his game on. And, and, and to his credit, he'll he have 10 games fine. this year where he scores like 10 goals in a row. Like he'll, well, yeah, he'll have that. He's been, he's been fine. Like the last handful of games. And I don't, I, I maybe it was just message received, but there's just times where you watch him, like you said, Collins, all the way back to like the first Carolina game where I, I believe I mentioned that Nino Niederreiter flies off the bench right past Manta, who's coasting back into the defensive zone with the stick off, off the ice and he bangs it in. The game is so fast. If you're not moving and you don't have Dude, a guy he's, he's in your stunk. reach. He stinks. He stinks. He's stunk well, this year. He, he's, he's, I don't care. he's been terrible. We paid this guy well, $4 million for what? To not like be a bum? I mean, he if he had zero points through 14 games, I'd, I'd be right on there with you. But the guy's oh. a minus eight. He's got the worst plus minus on the team. I'm out. I'm a out minus on minus eight. I'm out on him. I'm out well, on him. <laughs> well, it's it's just 
he he needs to and again I don't know what's going through his head I don't know if he doesn't want to be here what the problem is but I remember watching his very first pro game when he played in Grand Rapids when I was with playing with my high school team and and we're all watching this game excited to see this guy play and we said the same thing he's he's just lazy lethargic he's not a bad skater by any means it's just dude when you're six four six five you need to be more of a presence on the ice he just loves to play on the perimeter and granted his shot bails him out a lot because if he got a shot like he does he can score from pretty much anywhere on the ice but it's like dude the the brand of hockey that the Red Wings are playing right now like they're not going to go out and score five goals and beat teams you have you have to have some type of awareness on the defensive side of the puck and understand that you guys are going to have to play solid in your own d zone and that's where the offense is going to start so it, 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 I, I hope that there's no problems in the locker room with Manta, but, but it, it's just getting to a point to me where it's like, I don't, I mean, I'm glad you see it Collins. And a lot of people I talk to, like, you'll talk to people like, Oh, Manta, he's great. Like he's my favorite player. Cause he scores goals. It's like, yeah, I get it. But you look at some of these guys in the NHL, like Patrice Bergeron, like go watch a guy like that play. And, and you'll understand what I mean by, by what it means to play defensive hockey and they play with some type of intensity. Yeah. Collins, go ahead. I just wanted to like, is this like, this is what the indictment on blast show, like guys like this have not done better since he's been here. I I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I think that's where like, you don't have to be good, but for Anthony Mantha to like, I feel like, like regress like multiple times under Blashell's like regime. Like there'll be times like you're right, Rapture. Like, oh, he turned the corner, he turned the corner. Like, I'm done with this guy. It's never gonna happen here in Detroit. I it's not. I really don't oh. think so. And yeah, it, 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 it might work somewhere else because he is super talented and he has the capabilities to be a guy who scores like over 20 goals every single year. But like he just doesn't play hard for Blashell. It's his point blank. And you can, and it's kind of like Andre Drummond to tor- make this more towards the Pistons. Like if you watch Andre Drummond like three games a year, you're like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like you watch him 82 games a year, you're like, oh, this guy, you can't win with a guy like this and you're paying him $30 million. Like, you know what I mean? If Mantha's yeah. one of your higher contract salary guys, that's a problem. And I know he's not making that much money. And it's not like a, like, he doesn't seem like a cancer to locker. I'm just saying, like, he, 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 it's not going to work out here. Like, I think we've seen enough on paper to say that Mantha in, in Detroit, it's just not, it's not a marriage that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know if I'm ready to make that call, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I hate to be so hard on the guy, but it's like, I, you watch a guy like Giovanni Smith, who who is obviously playing for his this career This is like his here. second like year in the league, stick. Either, though. Right. Yeah. But like you're, 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 you're watching these guys again, like Giovanni Smith, who's trying to, who's trying to stick here in Detroit. And you see the way that his game is, is more of like a, I would say, you know, he's, he's more of a power forward, like grinder type of guy. And and look like not every player has to be a guy that's going to run you through the glass on the four check. And it's going to eat, eat pucks in the mouth and do all these things for you. But there's, there's just that lack. It's, it's a blatantly obvious lack of intensity and just this lethargic play from Anthony Manta that I agree, Collins. It's like Anthony Manta is, 
is a top six forward on your team, maybe a top three, if you're just talking off of production and, and, and talent wise. And the problem that you run into is, like you said, you're trying to find guys that you can put around Dylan Larkin, because I know, Collins, we don't really see eye to eye on this, but like, that's your guy. He's your captain. As of right now, he's your franchise piece. So you need to put guys around him that make him look better. Like he makes other players look better when he's on the ice with them. You need to get Dylan Larkin some help so that he can expand his game and start, you know, stop being this guy that's got to do it all. And he's got to be the first man in. He's got to dig the puck out. Then he's got to create for other people. I'm like, you also need him to score goals. You know, you need to take some pressure off of him. I don't think they've really found that guy yet. Maybe Phillips Adina, who's been pretty solid in the seven games that he's played. He has been good. I was going to say something points. about that. Yeah, I think he's got four points in seven games. So he I mean, just eye test too. He looks a lot better. Yes. Oh, 100%. But I, you know, there's, there's something to be said just about, um, you know, as you said, Collins, like, I, I just don't know. It, I, it's just kind of tough to watch sometimes with Bantha. Um, as far as the it just, I just don't get it. I like, I, I do think it's coaching and I, I don't think it's, it doesn't all fall on Mantha. Like effort does fall on you and stuff like that. But like, I feel like hockey more than any other sport, like coaching really, really does matter and how you get through to your players, because if you have players that buy in and stuff like that, like I look at like a Gerard Gallant in Vegas, those guys were not the most talented team. They just are like, okay, our philosophy is we're going to roll four lines. Like we're legit going to roll four lines. We're not going to do this whole thing. It's going to be almost like an equal split of the pie. And guess what? They all bought in and they like guys made a ton of money off that because they were productive in Vegas and, and, and productive in that system. Like, like I said, you don't have to win all these games. I understand this roster is horrible, but like to see zero improvement from Mantha in like what three years at this point, just he, like I don't know. He because if he's gonna be a productive player in the NHL, like you said, he's got to be a big bruising guy who gets it gets to the areas not not a lot of guys want to be gets to the front of the net and, and then. He has that perimeter game because he has that great shot. And, but he, at the same time, if you're just going to be horrible in the D zone, you can't play him. Like, no, like he can't be a top line guy because when you're going against other top line guys, you're going to get crushed. Yeah. And hey, to Glashill's oh. credit, he'll, he sits him and, and he obviously was a healthy, healthy scratched him the other night. So I appreciate that. The last thing about, about the wings um, before we move on again, they do play tonight against the Nashville Predators. Uh, and that's a team that's, that's struggled too. I, the Nashville Predators are a, an interesting case study is, is they've kind of fallen off the wagon um, the last couple of years. So I think these are two games that you at least can get one win out of. Um, but as far as Jeff Blaschel goes, obviously when a team's struggling like the Red Wings are, and, and, and they, are, they are struggling. I mean, the power play stinks. They, they like are probably the worst power play in the league besides Ottawa's. Um, but you know, you start to see all these things and I love, I love looking at like this stuff on, on Facebook of they'll, you know, it'll be something completely unrelated and someone will post to like hire Gallant. Like that's, it's, it's all over everywhere. And like, there's just, there's no reason to fire Jeff Blaschel right there's now. There's a million during, reasons to fire Jeff during Blaschel. a, during a COVID, during a COVID shortened season when you have, it, it's all, it's all about player development right now. Like that's, that's what it is. And I get Colin to your point. There's certain guys that they haven't, haven't developed the any step. guys. They haven't taken the next step. Like, I mean, Zadina was obviously a high draft pick. So you expected him to kind of come into his own, but you know, it'd be nice if you're, if you're ninth overall draft pick and Michael Rasmussen could, could stick in the lineup. It'd be nice if, 
if, you know, Anthony Mantha could turn a corner. So I hear you. Dennis Chalowski, same thing. Like these, I, I hear you, but I just. Rev, she has to be Lashley's, gone after this year. Well, he that's what I was going to say. Do I think, do I think his time is coming? Yes. Because for whatever reason, I'd like to think the guys respect Jeff Blashill is a, is a human. Just falling on deaf ears. He's a, he's a nice players coach, but. It's like, it, it's like, God, you know, you, you look at your team last year and this year, there's been no signs of like life. Like sometimes they just look dead. So is this Jeff Blashill's last year in Detroit? I don't think he'll get fired during this year, but I have to say, Collins, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how you can go another year with this guy just from the, it just, it just clearly nothing has clicked. I don't yes. like, nothing yes. has clicked and it is what it is. Like maybe the voice is stale in the locker room. I know he's not the that happens in hockey. Guy. Like, yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I, I know he's not the best X's and O's guy. I I, I understand that. Um, but he obviously having success at the AHA level, AHL level with the Griffins, I think he was the right hire at the time. It just looked like it, something's got to give. So yeah, shake up just, might be good yeah. there. At but this I, point, yeah. like let's 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 just relock in. And say, hey, let's do the new guy. Like, good riddance to you, Jeff. Like, you, you, whatever. You had a mediocre run, but like, you just at this point of the rebuild, it's just like you're going backwards if you're going to bring bad Blasio. If you're going to have one of the top three worst records in NHL, that's the last thing I want to say. You, like, yeah. you can't bring him back if that happens. Like, you haven't seen any improvement the last like three years. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough it's been a tough watch. So we'll have to see uh, where where things go from from here with the wings. Um, again, two games against Nashville that you might be able to maybe able to snag both. Who knows? But I feel bad for the goalies, man, because my God, like they Thomas Price Price, been bad. Man, well, they've they've been. I mean, you have Calvin Pickard or Picard or whatever who's had to step in there and play a game for you because Bernier's been hurt, but. I mean, between Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier, I feel bad for Bernier. He's just been getting – he gets lit, like, the last two years because his team can't score goals for him and they can't keep the puck out of the net and help him out defensively. So uh, – but they've been fine. You have, you have two solid goalies when they're both healthy, but whatever. Uh, we'll move on now. We'll get Trent back in the uh, in the discussion. Who I don't know, are you napping, Trent? What, what happened oh, to you? Oh, no, I'm a sponsor. some homework, dude. dude. He's had some homework to it on D2L at noon. He's locking in. Yeah, I might. I may or may oh, not. When it, when it looks like I'm on my phone, I am just listening to you guys talk about the wings. I, I'm, I'm out on Mantha now. You see how that works? <laughs> yep. I, don't, I don't watch the – I don't watch the – I mean, I watch the wings, but I don't have the hockey mind that you guys do, so I don't notice any of this shit. I'm just watching the wings well, play. Can I go on a little rant here about the Red Wings and Detroit Pistons not and me not being able to watch Fox Sports Detroit on YouTube TV or Hulu yes. TV? Yes, sure. it's a good segue. What are we doing, Sinclair? What are we doing, Fox Sports Detroit? I can watch the Charlotte Hornets play the Toronto Raptors on YouTube TV because I'm getting a free week of like league pass, but I can't watch the Pistons play the Lakers. I can't. I can't find a stream online on Reddit. I, got, I, I go to the Fox Sports app and use my parents' cable login. Oh, this is blacked out in your area. Figure it out. I can't – if it, this is occurring during Tiger season, I'll pay an extra $70 to watch on listen, cable. Listen, I'll pay cable for like a week of me in college. Wow. Uh, like I can't handle this anymore. Collins, I want to watch it. Like when the problem. Pistons and State play at the same time, I want to be able to channel surf. I can't do that right now. 
I have Sorry. a solution for you because this happened to me. This exact thing happened to me the night that I bet on the Pistons and the Wings to hit that parlay when the Barstool oh. Sportsbook opened up. Here's what you got to yeah. do. You have to use Fox Sports Go, not the Fox Sports app. But it do- the Fox Sports Go, it doesn't work anymore. It did a month ago. It doesn't work anymore. It wasn't work. They have like a new app for it. Trust me. I, Trent, I like this is no, a, like a really listen, sore listen, spot in our house right now. There's a difference between Fox Sports and Fox Sports Go. No, I know. I know. They switch. Go, you should be able to get the local market. Yes. That, that's what I thought, but it, it's not like that anymore. I swear to God. I'll try it again tonight. Okay. 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 Good luck. Well, what's it called? Like, that. all, that's, that's actually very important. Collins needs his Pistons. It's very important. The thing about like, – I do. I do. I love watching the Pistons. And what's it called? We'll, like, we're going to go into Reddit streams. We'll figure out, hey, shout out Craft Streams. But, like, we'll figure it out and get a, get a stream. But, like, the whole aspect is, like, oh, the Wings, Pistons, and, like, Michigan State plays tonight. I'm obviously going to watch the Michigan State game because it's readily available on YouTube TV. I would like to channel surf and watch all those games. Yeah. Like I, got a, I got a buddy who's a diehard Wings fan, and, and it's just, like, a super Tuesday. And we're, like, oh, we, I mean, we're, we're betting on these college basketball games, but we would rather, like, let's watch a Wings game. We can't even find a Wings stream, on, even on Reddit. It's a joke. Figure it out, Hulu TV and YouTube TV. I'm tired of it. I'm t- I'm going to stop using your service if you don't figure it out in the next month. <laughs> because if I don't have Fox Sports Detroit before the Tiger season, I'm going to go scorch earth on YouTube TV. I might get like canceled for the things I, I, I tweet at YouTube TV. I can't handle it anymore. Figure it out. Okay, sorry. I had well, to do that. Have it. There's, okay. there's, oh, there's your ultimatum from Ryan Collins. Figure, figure it out. Figure it out. Losing his business. Yeah. Even though it's not my business, yeah. it's my brother's business. But yeah, you will be losing my brother's business as I use his login still. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, what do we got now? Why don't we do a quick Tigers update, and then we will talk about the Pistons, um, and then we will do the trifecta, and we can leave. Um, so Tigers, I guess the uh, I mentioned at the end of the show last week that the Tigers signed Wilson Ramos for like a year, which like. Dude, like, the Tigers, like, catcher situation, like, what is the deal with Jake Rogers? Can I I get an explanation from anyone? I know he can't hit. Signing Ramos, there's just no juice. There's no juice in that. How long are you going to get up for that? I'm in. I'm in. You're expecting me to get up for that? Dude, Collins, Collins, (laughs) this guy, like, we got sick and tired of watching V-Mart and Miggy try to run the bases. Wait till you see this guy try to get down to first no, base. No, the thing about Wilson Ramos, he can hit. He is not a good defensive catcher. Like that, so, he is – Right, yes. But like he's below I, average. So, so I, I don't know – Also, what. fun fact about Wilson Ramos, he was like kidnapped two years ago. People forget that. Do you remember that, Revs? He got like kidnapped. I, and I, I don't know what country he origins from, but he got like kidnapped there. For like a day, it was bizarre. It's kind of cool, probably a cool story. Dude, I, I, I don't know if it's cool, dude. Those baseball players, I mean, if you like start to see what's going on in like Venezuela, like that is like shit's crazy. So yeah. that's why that's yeah. why Mickey's selling bitbits because he's got to keep his family alive. I hate the beads so crass like that. But no, I mean, but seriously, Mickey, yeah. like he, none of those guys can go home. Like they'll, yeah. they're like they literally can't go home. That sucks. But okay, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so they signed Wilson Ramos. I assume that I mean I'd like to think that he's he's probably going to be your starting catcher 
Like, I don't – they're clearly not bringing Austin Romine back, which is, like, whatever. I don't – like, that's fine. I have an Austin Romine jersey, by the way. I hope you guys know that. Do you really, dude? That's yeah. so embarrassing, Collins. Bro, How is that embarrassing? Because he's been on – he was on the team for, like, six months, bro. Literally all my friends, we all got jerseys this year from this, like, janky website. Like, we got everyone. It's, I think I'm the only one that the guys have to be on the team. I kind of got, like – people are like, oh, I get Victor Reyes. I get, like, candy. And I'm like, I guess I'll take – Austin Romine. <laughs> I love Austin Romine though. You got, you got fleece because he's the only. No, I didn't get fleece. I was a Romine guy. He was he was good this year. <laughs> I was a Romine guy. Well, he's out. But the one one tiger that uh, that will be coming back, uh, Jonathan Scope just signed a one year. I think Scoop it's a man. four and a half four and a half million dollar deal with the Tigers. Um, that's like the only news Tigers wise that we have to talk about today. And like, hey, I you know it's. Go ahead, bring him back. I, he was. I, I thought his bat was was exceeded expectations uh, for the most part of, of last season. Um, defensively, he was like one of the best second basemen in baseball for, for most of the year, which is which is great. Um, yeah, but I test. I test. Player. He was your best overall player last year. He was. Eh, I would say Candy was probably their best player last year. Eventually, but... eventually it was. Yes, but Scope, like, defensively is, like I, – I think I've made this comparison a million times. He's like Johnny Peralta. He's not – if the ball's in his vicinity, he's going to make the play. He doesn't have a lot of range. Was it, like, a defensive metric that said he was one of the best second basemen in the league, Rebs? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of just, like – I, I know his range isn't very like, – he's not, like, the most, like, overwhelmingly athletic guy. I don't know what it was. It was – what's the stat? I don't know, just as far as, like, I don't think he made a lot of errors. I don't remember making no, a lot of errors. No, if it's hit at him, he'll base. make a play. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just, I don't know, defense, like, defensive percentage. I don't know, like, fielding percentage. I have no idea. But he was, I mean, I, it's just like, again, I don't, is is Jonathan Stoll no, going to be here when the Tigers win the World Series? No. Like, who's the guy? No, but this is a no-brainer. This is a yeah, no-brainer move. Sure. And you know what? I th- actually think it's encouraging because it, like, I think it would have been really discouraging to Tigers fans and people who watched this team last year if they just let Stope walk. Like, I'll be like, dude, what are we doing? Like, right. are you trying not to compete at all? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, sure. this team no, is – say what you want about the Tigers roster. I might be more optimistic about it than most people because I watch a bunch of games and I'm fully invested in the Tigers being the best team in Detroit currently and the most watchable. Like, they have some pieces that are coming up that could make this team very interesting this year. And I don't know how the MLB starts this year. I don't know if they go back to their regular format, 162 games, or or their 16 playoff teams. I think they shot that down. But, like, this team could compete, I think, in the AL Central. And I know the Royals just got Ben Attendee. But, like, the White Sox are going to win the division. Other than that, the division's pretty weak. Well, the Indians stink. The Indians stink. The Royals aren't that good. Is that and I, I don't like the Twins personally. I think so. The I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you, Collins. I think the Tigers finish third, and the ceiling is second in the in the division. Seriously, I no. I just I really think this Rabs team could. Keep... Rabs hates that take. I mean, <laughs> Rabs. This is my point. I this think is my optimism. Third of the division. I do. Collins just laid it out. I'm just saying, like, I don't think Willie Castro's going to bat 330 next year. I hope he does, but I don't think that's – that was a short span thing. He's not, He'll probably regress to the mean there. But you're also – this year, you're probably going to see Torkelson at some point this year. At some point. Not in the beginning. 
I think you you're gonna finally get a good look at Riley Green at the Nets a lot. I think you get a like a very good look at him. And and, and you really think about this Tigers team last year, they had some pretty key injuries. They really did. Like Jacoby Jones going out when he went out, he was on fire when he went out. CJ Trone, I mean, he wasn't having a great year, but that was another bat in your lineup, and, and, and it forced you to make adjustments around the thin. And, and I have faith in guys like Isaac Paredes, who was the like Dominican League MVP. I think Isaac Paredes will bat better. Like, I know his he batted like a terrible percentage. If you watch him at the plate, he was comfortable. Like he, I, he really was, and he was a pretty solid defensive third baseman or wherever they want to put him. I just. I don't think I like the idea of them trying to compete a little bit this year. And I think they can, if they get help from their pitching staff and their young guys, which is a big if, but if you trust this rebuild, you got to assume that Mize and Struble are going to get better from year to year and, and maybe Burroughs or Manning or one of these guys steps up. So that's my take. I, I know I'm optimistic about the Tigers, but I'm just, this is one team. I think I'd probably skew the more optimistic way. No, Collins, I, I'm in your corner 100% on this because I think I think bringing back Scope at least sends the message that you are trying to compete. You're exactly right because he was arguably your best player, your second best player last year, and if you just let him walk for nothing, I mean, that's kind of just frustrating because then you actually have no direction. And you're right. A lot of these young dudes are probably going to take a step this year. You're at least going to get a chance to assess. And, and people forget, you know, like a huge plus from last season was – you know, it was kind of experimental, but you were originally like, you could officially close the book on a guy like Christian Stewart. You know what I mean? And you can sort yes. of move forward and bring in Riley Green and say, okay, you're going to, you know, play 60 games in the outfield. And, and yeah, whatever. So I just, I like bringing back scope because it at least tells fans that they're trying to compete. And you're right. When you look at the central and we'll talk about the Tigers a lot more as, as spring training gets closer and everything, but I think they're going to be able to compete in the division. They're obviously not because the White Sox are damn near a shoe in to win the division. But I, I think do, I, make noise more so than last season and, and, and really since 2015. Rebs, do you think they'll be better than they were last year? I think they're better than they were last year. And, and it's just well, – and you can, like, say, like, wow, well, Candy had a month where he was unconscious. That's probably not going to happen again. Like, like you know – like I said, Willie Castro was basically the rookie of the year, but wasn't given an award. But like, and Victor Reyes put up production that we never even dreamed of him putting up. But like, I still think like these prospects are going to keep coming. Like they're they're the, like the pipeline's coming. I think Torque is probably a year or two away from actually being a part of this team, like in a day-to-day basis. I don't know what his term year stuff is because baseball is so stupid with the way they handle contracts. That's why they're heading into a lockout. But I like, yeah, I think you're going to see a big sample size of Riley green, who I've heard the last three years that he's the best position player prospect since like, instead of before Torkelson, obviously, but no, I'm saying, right. Like, I just think they will be better this year. I mean, you would you would have to hope that they take another step. My reservation is just I, I'm trying to kind of mentally put together who the cornerstones of this lineup are going to be going forward. And like Condelario has probably is probably that guy. I think Victor Reyes, like you said last year, had completely surprised everyone as far as his offensive awesome. production goes. Um but but what I what I'm scared for Collins and why I'm why I'm 
hesitant to jump on the train of like, yeah, they'll be pushing for the second spot or even the first spot. And they're going to, at the very worst finish third is like, I've seen too many weeks and months of baseball where Jamer Candelario can't hit his way out of a paper bag. I I've seen Isaac Paredes go completely silent for like a month. He of couldn't the hit season. last year. That's, that's blind faith by me. You're right. So, so it's just, there's, uh, there's too many question marks for me still, as far as can these guys that you're looking to make a push, I mean, you lose Sergio Alcantara, who's like, not, do I think that he's going to be some game breaker? Like, no, I don't in, in the MLB, but you know, I, I just still have so many question marks in my mind about how, just how consistent can these guys be in your everyday lineup? And I know you got, I forgot the guy they bring over, they brought over from Oakland. They signed for two years, the outfielder that I'm sure will be playing every day. Um, But you have Reyes, you know, Daz Cameron. Like I I just, I need to, I need to see it. I want to see who they roll out opening day and, and, and how they plan to work these guys in and and who AJ Hinch thinks are going to be the guys going forward. I just, like I said, I have seen, and I get that they're young, but I have seen too much inconsistency and ebbs and flows of this team where they can go a couple weeks where like they just can't hit. And as far as the pitching is concerned, like I need to see something like Casey Mize had a lot of good, uh, had a, 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 a decent amount of good outings last year. Tarek Skubal had a, had a handful of decent outings as well. Obviously their first year is getting major league baseball experience. So I can't, I can't look at their sample size and be like, oh, they just don't have it. But again, like I, the list in my brain goes on and on and on and on about all these pitchers the Tigers supposedly have. Let's see them. Viedo, yeah. Frankie Perez, Matt Manning, Bo Burrows, Funkhauser. Let's see them. Can someone take the mound and just go win a game? Agreed. Like Fulmer, Michael Fulmer, this is your last year in a Tigers uniform, bro. If you can't figure it out, you're gone. Someone step up on the mound and be a horse. How many more? If I have to hear Matt Manning's name one more time without seeing him on the opening day roster, I'm done. Figure it out. He'll be on the opening day roster. God damn. Who Alex Fiedo. So who just the, he's, a, I think he's a he's a lost cause. I think Perez, how many guys do I gotta hear? Oh, hey, Torres, Torres UCL again, Tommy John surgery. He's not playing this year. We're shutting him down for the year. What they I honest to God, Alex Avila, all these trades. Who, what's the best piece that's come out of any of these trades? You lose Verlander, JD Martinez, Justin Upton, Wilson. Uh, Avila, how many, like, what do we have? Like, like Jamer Condelario, that's the guy we have to show for all those trades. All Correct. those years, all those years of success, all those years of success and being right there on the edge that the Tigers were. Matt and Boyd. they finally had to blow it up. They finally, I got to watch, I got to watch Matt Boyd again this year. Are you kidding me, dude? Who, What's it called? Who? No, but Rebs, I, I agree with you. I think Fiedo is probably a lost cause. Which I mean, I whatever. It's a first round, I think mid twenties first round pick. They took a shot on a guy who's like projected to go into top five, and it just hasn't worked out. He's lost his velocity. I think every single year he's been a Tigers organization. It, it, that's just not a good sign. Franklin Perez can't stay healthy. I have nothing to say about Franklin Perez. That w- that Verlander deal. I mean, not. I think Pi- Paredes was in the Verlander deal, right? Who knows, dude? I don't. I don't. I have no. I don't. Uh, I thought he was. Maybe not. And then. 
Manning didn't get any time. Burroughs got time in the bullpen last year, right? Yes. Yeah, so like, Manning – It's their I, first year for these guys, so I, I'm not going to jump down Funkhauser's neck and Burroughs. I just like – God, you hear about these guys of like, here's the Tigers, I, like number one and two pitching prospects. They don't, they don't have stuff that impressed me. Come on. Yeah. What's it called? I th- Manning is the guy that is the unknown because it's kind of turned into like, okay, Mize is your best pitching prospect, which I still believe because he has that wipeout pitch that I don't think Scooble or Manning has. But it's kind of turned into like Manning. I think Manning's going to be the guy now because you haven't seen him. Like, yeah, oh, like yeah, I have buddies I'm who are sure, telling dude. me, just like, Manny, Manning's the guy. I don't know about sure. that. If Mize could get command of his fastball, which I think he can, like he's proven he can, I think he's going to be the guy because he, he just has good breaking stuff. He really does. I know he doesn't have an electric fastball, but, like, if he, he gets command of that fastball, he'll figure it out. Scooble, I think, is going to be a good pitcher. I don't know if he's, like, a top of the, like, rotation guy. And Manning and Perez are like your two like wild cards. Like maybe these guys figure it out. But I mean, I, I mean Burroughs last year in limited time. I think they kind. Of, I don't know if they've written Burroughs off as being a starter, but it didn't seem like they had any interest of him like getting to start a game. And Funkhauser, I don't know. Funkhauser came in more as a long reliever, and you still got Daniel Norris, who was really good last year. Love Daniel hope, Norris. I hope they keep him in the bullpen. But I mean, we can do a Tigers preview. Yeah. In a couple weeks, oh, as like right. this is getting me yeah. fired up. I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I can't well, wait for Tigers. My, here's my point. My 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 final point here is this: It's like you get in the car, right? And your parents are like, "All right, we're driving to Disney World," and you just keep driving and driving and driving, and then all of a sudden you see out the window, you're like, "Shit, we're not going to Disney World. We're going to Six Flags." I don't want to go to Six Flags. Get me to Disney World. That's a great stop. Point. Stop teasing me. Stop I get it. I get it. But stop last year was the bait. Last year was the first year that we actually saw like, oh, the rebuild might actually be like, now it's starting to like, we're starting to get out of this rebuild phase. So I don't know. I'm, I've talked about this a million times. I wish the Tigers would have made a bid signing this summer just to kind of like jumpstart the rebuild. They didn't do that. I think they're going to save all their money for the next two to three years because they're going to have a ton of it once Miggy's deal comes off the books, I think in 2023. So, and at that point, I don't know, Major League Baseball might be in a lockout because their CBA is so messed up, but I, yep. I love talking Tigers baseball. We can talk a so little Pistons I. here. I just love it. I'm, I'm already fired up. I can't, if they let me into Comerica this year, watch out. <laughs> they will. Just you'll watch be in out. Comerica. You'll be, you'll Hopefully. be there. Hopefully. Up at K-Line's corner. I just, dude, I'll, I'll tell you what right now, dude. <laughs> I, I can I'll have see. seven They'll of those give- daiquiris at that game. They'll give they'll give Matthew Boyd the ball for opening day. He'll go no one shot. and two thirds. He'll go one and two thirds. They're gonna go back to back leadoff home runs. And I'm gonna be throwing up all over myself. I cannot believe they brought that guy back. They part of my French. We will tag this as explicit. If your kids are listening, cover their ears. They fucked up by not trading the guy. We've gone over his, this. We've gone I just over can't, this. I, yeah, I gotta I gotta watch Jose Urania. And Matt Boyd eat innings this year when you could be giving the ball to Daniel Norris and Matt Manning. They whatever, will, dude. They will. Let's go. They will. Those guys will get the run. Throw the balls out. All of your uncertainty, Rab, seems to be with the pitching staff. And get I just, me to Epcot. Oh, it is. That's I like just want to go to Epcot. I have no interest in Six Flags. Get me to Epcot. Okay, that, that we're, is, going. we're going to Epcot then, Rabs. We're going. That is the weirdest thing about last year is that all the optimism switched to like the position prospects. 
You're like, yeah. oh, I kind of, I, I kind of like what we have there. And I think before last year, me and Rabs were like, who do they have that's not a pitcher in their like farm the system? Yeah. And it was just like maybe Riley Green, maybe Cody Clemens, but like, I mean, Willie Castro, I, I don't think he's talked enough about within the Tigers. He was so good last year yep. and yeah. just looked so comfortable at the plate. I know he wasn't great defensively at shortstop, and I, I think he can figure that out eventually. But I mean. I'm, I'm fired up for Tigers baseball. We can talk a little Pistons now, which we haven't talked a lot about either. Go for it, guys. Well, TB, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a question. Go for it. Do you care if Jeremy Grant makes the, play, the all-star game? Um, You know, if I was in high school, I probably would be voting every single day and, like, you know, trying to get this guy in. I, The team stinks, but I, I would always make the case that, you know – uh, the all-star game is for the guys. It, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's for the best players. You know, I, I remember Al Horford making it in over Andre Drummond and Andre Drummond was literally averaging more of everything except assists by a wide margin. Al Horford made it averaging like seven points and 14 rebounds and Andre's like 18 and 18. And I'm crying because Al Horford made it. I don't think it's a situation like that. But Jeremy Grant, dude, how can you not say he deserves to make the all-star team? He's dropping 32 against the Lakers. He's the only player in the NBA this season that has scored 20-plus in every single game. He's he's absolutely balling. He left the Denver Nuggets, obviously, in a pretty good situation there to come here to Detroit, and he has really seized that opportunity. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but they are all-star numbers. I'll, I'll look them up, but what do you think? I, I the one thing if you're a Pistons fan, I think you should really care if Jeremy Grant makes an All Star game because I don't care if you watch the NBA or if you don't watch the NBA. This the like there's people in the like the like this the perception of like oh he's an All Star, oh we yeah. can move this guy like this is an attractive piece to move. We can actually get something back for him because I, I don't think if you've watched the Pistons, Jeremy Grant's been very good and like. On a team that's maybe a winning team, I think he's proven that he can play a bigger role on a winning team. Like if you watch him, like he plays pretty hard on a defensive end. He can he's a lot better of a shooter than I expected him coming from Denver and watching him at Syracuse, even. But like you can kind of like you can like kind of not make it like and, and, and continue the rebuild. Know what I mean? I I I just I. He's been really good. I hope he makes an all-star team because I think that makes him more of an attractive trade bait in the future because I just don't think he will be around when this team has fully turned the corner. So, I don't know. but No, he, I think he 100% deserves to make the all-star team. I, to answer your question, yes. The Jeremy, East sucks too. So Well, that's true. He's averaging 24 points, five and a half boards, three assists on 45% shooting. That to me is all – those are all-star numbers. I don't care what season it is, whatever. But – Um, The big news, obviously, with the Pistons was the Derrick Rose trade happening last week. Um, Sent him to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. and a second-round pick. Um, So let me just start by talking about the Derrick Rose aspect of this. He had to go. I think everyone knew that. Yeah, they they screwed that up. If you're a Pistons fan, you you can't convince me they didn't screw this up because – there was better offers last year at the deadline for Rose than there is than what they well, got from the I Knicks. Want, I want to address that because Keith Langmoys, the Pistons.com writer, kind of talked about this. He, he, you know, while there were rumors that the Pistons were getting offers for a first, he never really saw any evidence of that. Like, I don't think Derrick Rose is ever bringing in a first-round pick. There might have been better offers in terms of like 
Maybe you get a couple seconds or something like that. But overall, like Derek Rose, he left on good terms. He goes somewhere he's familiar with in New York. He's played there before. And he reunites with Tom Thibodeau, who with Tibbs. he's had the most success. You know, obviously they were together in Chicago when he won his MVP award. And I, I'm, I'm just more excited about the Dennis Smith Jr. return, though, because you get a young player and you get a second-round pick. And that, that, that second-round pick is going to be an early second-rounder, by the way. I, I, I what year? What year is it? Th- this this summer. Th- it's this upcoming draft. Okay. So that's just more depth there. But let me. I want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. for a second because he's 23 years old. He's very athletic. He has the LeBron James stamp of approval. LeBron back in 2018 said, you know, his athleticism, his playmaking ability. I've known him since he was 14 years old. I know what he's capable of. Whatever. Uh, the best season Dennis Smith Jr. had was his rookie year. Uh, he averaged 15, five and four with Dallas. He made the all rookie second team really would have made the first team that year, but uh, Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell were rookies. So they kind of took over there. Um, but Luka Doncic got to Dallas and then they kind of just figured he was going to be their ball handler and they dealt Dennis Smith Jr. to the Knicks. It really was nothing that, you know, he did. Uh, he's still a, you know, he's a really dynamic young point guard and he had uh, under coach David Fisdale who liked him. Uh, you know, he played pretty well and then he got in Tom Thibodeau's doghouse and that's where he's been since he asked to go down to the G league, uh, last week because he just wasn't playing. He's only played three, three games this season with the Knicks. Um, he's really going to seize this opportunity. I think in Detroit, he's going to, you know, he's, he's hungry. He's already talked about how he's liked, you know, watch the bad boys documentary 10 times and look, the Pistons are the worst team in the league, but I'm just saying he's a young player. And especially with Killian Hayes out. It just gives you another low-risk guy to get minutes. And I might sound crazy, but I think he has almost just as good a chance as Killian Hayes to become your point guard of the future just because of his skill set, his playmaking ability, and his athleticism. And, 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 I, and if you don't believe me, just watch him. You're going to get a chance tonight as people listen to this on a Thursday. The Pistons take on the Pacers. He's supposed to be suited up. I don't know if he's going to start. It'll probably be DeLon Wright. But one last thing I want to mention on Dennis Smith Jr. He was great when he played. He's kind of been irrelevant for a couple of years, but he was great when he played most recently in the 2019-20 season, which got shut down because of COVID-19 prematurely. He averaged 13.7 assists and five rebounds per 36 minutes. So if he plays in the minutes, you know, that he's supposed to get, he's very, very, very good. And he's the number one guy that I wanted on the Knicks, uh, the number one young guy. Uh, you know, Kevin Knox's name was thrown around, Alfred Payton, Frank Nilakina. I didn't want those guys. I wanted Dennis Smith Jr. Obviously, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly probably weren't, you know, realistic options for the Pistons to get for Derrick Rose. But all things considered, I absolutely am thrilled about the move. Collins, I want to get your thoughts on Dennis Smith Jr. Well, I think I, I agree with a lot of things you said. I like the whole idea, like, let's take a swing on high talent, guys, because if you looked at the Pistons, like – if you really look at the bad boys, I mean, not the bad boys, the Jordan and Work Pistons, that's kind of what they did. Like, Chauncey had a really good year in Minnesota, but, like, right before they signed him away from Minnesota, but, like, kind of, like, Rip, like, the Wizards were kind of out on Rip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were like, let's get guys, talented guys who, like, need a reclamation process. And you kind of saw that with Josh Jatson already early, who I think he has shown – that he can play in the NBA. He's maybe not the superstar that he was projected to be, but he he's a playable player in the NBA. And I thought that was a good signing by the Pistons. The one thing I'll say about Dennis Jr. is Dennis Smith Jr. He just can't shoot. He really can't. And that was like, 
if you watch him at NC State, and I, he tore his ACL, I believe, his senior year of high school, and then went to NC State and kind of fell off the radar because he was a big, big time recruit. He was. And he had a really nice freshman year. I think he went four, I believe he was in the draft. Yeah. And, and you look at his jump shot, you're like, oh, this guy's going to be able to shoot. He just can't. It's it's one. It's kind of like a John Wall thing for me, but I, I don't think he can't be successful. I'm not going to act like this is a major like piece. And to be honest, I would have rather had Kevin Knotts. I'll say that. Really? Because I I I and Dennis Smith Jr. has done a lot more in the NBA than Kevin Knotts has. Kevin Knotts has been basically bad in the NBA. He has, if you look at his numbers. But like. I get no one. I, I I take that back because they need point guard depth, and you might as well run the tires on Dennis Smith Jr. if you can get a motivated Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I don't know. I don't think he has the potential to be like, wow, this is just an absolute steal. Because I just don't think the Nets would just give him away like this. Like you just gotta look at it like that. But like to be a guy who could be in your rotation, like maybe like. I mean, Emmanuel Moutier, a guy who had a really good rookie season, and then after that, he just kind of went down. I mean, he kind of revived his career a little bit as a bench guy. I could see Dennis Smith Jr. doing that eventually for, for the Detroit Pistons. I don't hate it. I just wish they would have – for like Rose, I, I, I get that they might have not been getting first-round offers for Rose. I do think there was better packages last year. Probably. Like I, do, I, I do think they could have gotten like a Caruso well, Rose and a second-round pick. Rose was playing a lot better, so yeah. Yes. I think they could have gotten like a Caruso for like – and a second round pick. And Caruso's like, if you watch Lakers teams, Caruso's good. But he is good. He's a pretty solid player. So I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have any strong opinions on it, but like move like moving forward, I guess they'll be a little bit more competitive and more watchable. They've been pretty watchable though. And me and Trent were talking about this earlier. Ravs, have you watched any Pistons games in like the last like 10 games? Nope, not a single one. So Pistons free. So what's Pistons it called? Free. Trent, you can list all the teams they've beat this year. I think they have six wins this year, and they are still tied for the worst record in the NBA with, uh, I believe, the Minnesota Timberwolves. What a dumpster fire that is! But yes, yeah, no, the the um, you know, I don't have the exact list in front of me, but you know, the the, the Pistons. Collins and I were talking before we started recording. They seem to have, at least in my opinion, mastered this rebuild situation because they are the favorites to get the number one pick, but. Their six wins are against the Lakers, the Celtics, the 76ers, the Bucks, uh, you know, like they're, the Suns. They're beating good teams. They're exciting. They're fun to watch. And there's at least upside in a lot of these guys. And that's why it just stinks that Killian Hayes is hurt and he's out because, man, it's fun to watch Isaiah Stewart. And, man, it is fun to watch Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq even Bay's good, dude. Yeah, People forget Jeremy Grant's only 27, and I know he signed his three-year contract, and he's not really a plan of, like, the big, big future. But in his contract year, the Pistons absolutely in two years could be competing for a 4-5 seed if they continue to do this right. I don't know about that. And but... These young guys are on their trajectory, you know, because next season they're, they're going to be probably much of the same competing for a lottery pick and whatnot. But I just think Isaiah Stewart, I think you've really found something there. I absolutely love him, and that's what brings me to this next this next point is I think what's next for the Pistons or what should be next, try to flip Wayne Ellington. He's playing really well, but he's eating minutes of, you know, young Dude, ever since I chirped Wayne Ellington, he didn't, like, he didn't hit the net for, I mean, the rim for maybe two weeks. He, like, couldn't miss. Ryan it was Kyle, unbelievable. The Ryan Collins bump. Yeah, he's yeah. 
definitely me telling you you're bad. I bet Mantha. Mantha's gonna have like 15 goals, and that's like five games somehow. The Collins curse. Yeah. The Ryan Collins X. Anyways, you gotta you gotta try to flip Ellington. Um, obviously, get rid of Blake. That's on everyone's wish list. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, but no. If there's, if there's any way you can do that, um, and then flip flip Plumley. Try to do it. I don't think they will. But Collins, you kind of mentioned it earlier. That would just open up minutes for Stewart, and he's actually Plumley has played pretty well this year. And I could Plumley talk- is he's like the perfect backup big. That's he's what I was gonna li- say. You could see yeah. a contender like the Boston Celtics trying to maybe bolster. He would be pack. great for Boston. That's yeah, a great, because, great example. You know, Tristan Thompson obviously is going to get most of their center minutes, but Plumlee he hasn't really worked out great. for them though. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I'm saying that. That was, no, I, I, I don't Thompson know. That, that's that. And then my final thing for the Pistons is vote Jeremy Grant into the all-star game. Get it done. It's got to well, happen. What's it called? I think the one encouraging thing is that, I mean, Killian Hayes, it didn't look great when he started the year, but like, from the eye test perspective, I'm like, okay, I can still see, oh, like this guy can play in the NBA. Like, I, like I think he can play in the NBA. I don't know if he, like, it's stints at Halliburton's been really good, and and you're not, you're probably not going to see Hayes the rest of the year, but whatever. But the other two rookies he drafted, and I'll include Saban Lee, who's not gotten that much run, but like I think Saban Lee can play eventually as like a backup point guard or like something. Like he's a, I, he looked like a playable player. I mean, he's going to need more minutes to get his confidence up. But like Sadiq Bay is good. It's Sadiq Bay against the Nets the other night in the last five minutes of that game, like literally took over. He couldn't miss. Like Sadiq Bay is a piece. Yep. And I like when I say a piece, he's like I, I, he could be your like third leading scorer on a, like a pretty solid team. I think that because he can shoot the rock. He doesn't need the ball in his hands but he can kind of trade for himself a little bit. And then Isaiah Stewart's a complete opposite, just a hustler. Selfless. He, and, and he can play pick and roll. I, I think he's going to be able to jump, develop his jump shot a little bit. He had a three for the first time all season, a couple nights ago. It just like this draft class that you've been, I've been pretty impressed with their draft class and Weaver. I, I, the thing about Weaver's rebuild is it's been so weird and different than what you've seen a lot of NBA teams do that you can't really like put a letter grade on it or like judgment on it. But like from the draft point, like until you see Hayes, you can't really make a, like a full like distinction on this draft, but so far the draft pieces they've gotten right now are good and, and, and look like they're playable. Josh Shatson, I think is look playable. I don't know what the Pistons record is against the spread. It can't be that bad. It really can't be because they play in a lot of tight games. They they covered 14 and a half against the Lakers, obviously going to overtime. They went to OT. That game was light. My brother and I put a lot of money on that. We just were like, let's go all in on the Pistons. We're putting big money on the Pistons to cover 14 and a half against LeBron. And they did. I don't know. I, if they, and That's what I'm saying. They're, they're exciting. They're, yes. Which they're is not, what we asked for. We knew they weren't going to be. They're watchable. They're, they're very watchable. And I wish say to, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what Seiku. Hopefully, he. Hopefully, it's just like an injury, and they're just like I. I don't know what's going on there, but hopefully, he figures it out because I do see him as a potential piece. Like yeah. when he's going right, like he, like I like his jump shot. I think he can be a guy who can shoot over thirty-five percent from three at least, and I think he has a nice handle for a bigger guy who's athletic. So I. And the last point I want to say about the Pistons before we got the trifecta. The Pistons, if they get a top four pick, will be in very, very good hands. This is a very good draft class at the top of the draft. Because if yeah. you don't like Cunningham, you like Mobley. 
Like no, like I, I, there's. I, I don't like Cunningham, by the way. I I like Cunningham. Cunningham's gonna be a good player in NBA. Eek, I don't buy it. Why? We'll have, about, we'll have to talk about this another time. I yeah, don't. When it, he's out of control. He's way too out of control for me. I I disagree, but what I'm just saying, if you don't like, if you're not a Cunningham guy, you're, you're Mobley, you're a bunch of guys. Like there's a bunch of guys in this draft, so I I just wanted to point that out. But we can get to the trifecta. Yeah, that's that. That'll wrap up our Pistons stuff. Rabs, you want me to just go right into it? All four sports yeah. today. This is why you call it the Motown Rundown. All, we did do all four. Uh, do we have time for the for the trifecta, Trent, or are we crunched? No, we we have time. We can we can do it. You, you guys just might want to abbreviate your responses, you know, and just not not ramble. We'll, we'll be all, all right. right. Well, that's that doesn't happen. Not ramble. Good luck, bro. Okay. Well, all my right. first question is: Have you been back to any restaurants? Beautiful state of Michigan is back open. Yes. Sign in is is happening again. Where have you been? I've been to a couple places in EL. I'm going crazy. It's like the same thing it was before. Like, it's not like a bar experience, but you're just like. I went to beat-ups, I think, for the Michigan State game. That was fun. Like, it, it's nice to be back in them, but it's better, like, at the same time, like, until it's, like, full, full tilt, it's not going to feel the same at places, especially up here, and I'm probably not going to get to experience it in the last, like, three months I'm here. But, like, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice to get like, a meal outside of your, like, residence. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I went to uh, the only place I've been – um, I went to go hang out with some friends that are living in Ann Arbor, second class city. Can't stand it, but I went. I got some sushi, so that was nice to sit down and have some. How sushi. much I run you? Like seventy bucks, dude. It wasn't bad actually, to be honest with you. Um, I just got a quick, quick two rolls, two dollar Budweiser. So there you we, go. Appre- we appreciate that, but it was nice. I mean, I, the thing, the thing is, is like. When you live in Michigan, and I I totally understand the sentiment of the outdoor dining, but like it's like seven degrees outside and no one wants to be sitting by the fake heaters that don't actually radiate any heat. So I'm glad that people actually get to start making uh, their own choices and live their own lives again. So good for glad that these small businesses are getting people back in the doors. Glad that restaurants are seeing people inside. Um, So all good stuff. It's just just kind of weird still. I, I, can yeah. you guys go to bars and stuff up there? Like, what's Fieldhouse like no. on a Saturday night now? Nothing? No, it's Rick's like you can go. Now. It's like all you got to reserve everything. And then don't, there's a couple places where you can walk in, like Crunchies, but that's more of a restaurant establishment, even though it's a great spot. I'd rather be there that's than like Fieldhouse or like Harper's or something like that. But like Harper's is still doing outdoor because you, it's like a hard curfew at 10. Yeah. The, I believe in the state of Michigan. It's so it's so brutal. Dude. It's and, and like, no joke. There's like legit lines for these places. Like people want to get out there and like do stuff. No, I so, believe it. I believe yeah. it. The bars are like closed. You can get a table and stuff, but it's mostly just like line leap and all those other stuff, but yeah. whatever. God, Better than nothing. Curfew, dude. Ten, ten, I remember back in my college day is obviously a 21 plus uh, human being. Dude, we didn't even like get out to the bars until like 11. Some no, like, I know it's <laughs> dude. <laughs> 10 o'clock who's at the bar at 10 o'clock rabs it's like it's twilight zone stuff when you come back yeah dude i i believe i feel for you like you come back from crunchies after you have like one bucket and you're like it's 10 p.m yeah what do we do now like do we just go to sleep like we're like you're like this is like what what is going on it's bizarre i love it Better than nothing. You guys are exactly right. Second question. This is kind of a fun hypothetical. In, in the spirit of the Ooh. Super Bowl, we didn't wow. really talk about the Super Bowl at all, but 
Who cares? If you could have Tom Brady next season for one year or run it back with Stafford for one year, what would you do? Brady. You pick Brady, Brady would bring a bunch of people. That's what he – if Brady went to Detroit, there would be, like, another, like, six, like – all every free agent want to come to Detroit just for a year. And okay. no offense, like I think Stafford's better than Tom Brady at this point of his career, but yes. like that Tom Brady brings that aspect. Okay, no, that that was actually my argument as well. So I want to hear what Rabs thinks. Stafford, dude, don't 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 play that game with me. Stafford, I don't like why. Yeah, but you're at, this is for one year. For Rabs. one year. You so what you think? You think Tom Brady rolls into Detroit and they all of a sudden win the Super Bowl? Like is that the? Angle well, he just rolled into Tampa and all of a sudden they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm just saying there would be pieces dude, that would follow. Dude, 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 have you have you seen? Have you looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster? Did you look at it before? If we yeah, had dude, what, hey, what if he Tom brought Brady over, what he brought over Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, and 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 who else? Like those are the guys he brought over. I just I think Brady is like one of those people. Like you're like, I don't know. I just I oh, what, by the way, Tom Brady being crippled at the parade was awesome yesterday. That was yeah, awesome. Good. good for him. Good content, but like um, I it's just Brady. Brady just figures it out to win. Like I I know Safford's probably better, but like at the same time. Like Brady just won another Super Bowl, and he wasn't know, like I, it wasn't it you. wasn't corpse Brady. Like he did stuff too. So, yep, Stafford though. Thank you. Okay, I think that's fair, a crazy take fair. or whatever. We'll thanks, for, thanks for the thank you for the offer, but Stafford. final question, kind of a stupid question, but did you lose or win money on the Super Bowl? Lost. Winner, winner, I had money winner, at KC. Winner. winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here's what I I'll take you through the bets again. Twenty one and over to please gamble responsibly. Um, here's what I had. First of all, did you guys see the whole Eric Church thing of the guy posting the video of like the warm up session, and then the Vegas took off the. They took oh, off dude, the I forgot to text you when Eric Church was doing an anthem. Was your shirt off for that, Rabs? Uh, I was close. I was. I went from. A, <laughs> from, from dude, I, I didn't like it I, that say, much. I didn't like it that much. Hot shut up, Trent. No, no, shut he, dude, the fuck up, Trent. Why? Why does he? he that what? That didn't even sound like the anthem, bro. Dude, dude. Eric sing Church the is, national anthem the way Eric it's Church, sung. Sing the Eric national Church anthem. Is, it's not a dude, hey, wait, you got, dude, you got like Metallica. You got like Metallica playing the national anthem at San Jose Sharks games. Give me a break, dude. I'm Eric not, Church. I'm not Eric Church either. is the Eric Church is the Bruce Springsteen of our generation, dude. Okay. He's the great. He's one of the greatest songwriters, singers there is. I lo- he's he's first of all by the way his, his purple jacket out there he's got new albums coming out heart and soul it's a three-part album thank you very much the purple to signify the conjoining of the red and the blue to unify america okay thank that's great much. that's awesome he's sing legend. the national anthem the way it's supposed to be sung what do you want dude how about the chick that was out there where they got six people singing the same song i liked it i liked the national anthem they were, i also like the halftime show i like the halftime oh show too. dude that the halftime show was that was great was great almost i almost took my shirt off for the halftime show i was like dude what's going on here but anyway i back to my back to my to my bets so this is what i had i had um Bucks money line. Bucks money line was probably the easiest bet I've made in my life. You got Shut Tom up. Brady. Shut you up. have Shut Tom up. Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, who's Patrick six Mahomes. Super- How is that Tom- easy? Tom Brady. No, no, listen, listen, Tom Rob, Brady. No, no, we're not going to let you do this because your thing. You took the money line because you had you had like good odds. You had a chance to win a lot of money. You didn't no. take it because you actually dude, thought the dude, Bucks were going to win. Dude, Trent. Tom Brady, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, 
He's the best player to ever play the game of football. The guy's a three-point underdog. They're playing at home, dude. He slept in his own bed last night, and you're going to tell me that they're an underdog in this game? Give me a break, dude. Bucks money line was easy. I had the over, which killed me. Who would have thought that the Chiefs were going were gonna to fuck me on the over? So Chiefs killed me. I actually sprinkled Chiefs money line at halftime just because, just to, just to cover my ass. Didn't yeah, matter. At all. I had Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. Thanks for coming out, dude. I appreciate it. You didn't even, they didn't even get in the end zone. And then I had Tom Brady to win the MVP. It was the easiest money I've made in my life. Thanks for coming out. You want to hear? Underdog, I, I, though. Underdog, Tom well, Brady. Well, dude, I'm not betting on Patrick Mahomes. I'm not betting. Patrick Mahomes is How about nasty. Tom Brady, dude? The guys who won seven Super Bowls. How well, I didn't that? think Patrick Mahomes' offensive line was going to absolutely just like – it was like going to be undoable, basically. You can't, you can't drop time. back You can't drop back on every pass and run 35 yards towards your own – I, I understand. Yeah, because he had no time. I, I, I get that. it. Oh. Jesus, dude. What's it Let's called? Just, we, everyone likes to stroke Mahomes. The guy's running to the locker room. Make a play. And he does make a play, and then Kelsey and the people, Tyree Kills not even turning around for balls. Okay, I'm, whatever. They're the Chiefs' defense and their offensive line was the reason they lost that game. And Brady was awesome, and so was Tampa's deep. But uh, the prop bets that I had, I had tails, of course, that didn't hit. It had heads, nice. unfortunately. You sucker, you sucker. Why but hey, I had I this video kind of went viral, but like I had a the first kickoff is ran out. Yeah, and it was like plus two thirty. I had that, so that was electric to start the game. Nice. And then I had Kelsey and Fournette. I think first touchdown. None of that happened. And then Fournette, leading rusher in the Super Bowl, that hit. And nice. then I had last touchdown number store. Like the number of the last touchdown is oh numbers God, over twenty four and a half, which hit. Hey, you lost money. I hammered the Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Underdog though. Tom Brady. Sounds good. Whatever. Well, nice. That's it. That's all. What we a ter- What a terrible Super Bowl, man. My God. That was so can, we get, boring. can we get I two teams it. that can show up? I enjoyed show it. Actually. I enjoyed it as someone who, who does not like the chiefs and, and Rabs, I agree with you. Everyone just stroking Mahomes all week. It was yeah, dude. It God, was like give me a break. He's good. He's very, very you know, good. It was just good to come back down to earth because people were already talking about how he's the best quarterback ever, and I was like, you still gotta, you still gotta play the game, Trent. That should be a lesson to all you kids out there. You can talk all you want. You can all these. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. Gotta, you still gotta strap it on and play. Go I'm to with the you. well. Go to the well. Shout out Brock Bailey. That is that is <laughs> that is all we got. That's the end of the trifecta. Did it, Collins? You got anything else? Nope. Good episode today. Good stuff. Uh, that is it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. So, any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter? We also have a Facebook page, Motown Rundown. Check us out. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. New episodes for you every single week, and we will see you next time.